Hi, my name is Dara Clear, and you're listening to The Clear Out. Welcome back, if uh, you managed to survive the inaugural episode. And welcome, if this is your first time to listen. Don't worry, you haven't missed much. There's only been one other episode. I was just sitting here before starting this today, listening to the sounds outside the house. And mainly what I'm talking about is birdsong. So I feel incredibly blessed. (laughs) Hashtag blessed. My wife and I and our daughter, we moved back to Ireland approximately a year ago after spending 10 years living in Melbourne, Australia. And we knew we were coming back to quite a precarious situation. We didn't have jobs. Um, We knew there was going to be, you know, difficulty trying to find a place to live. The kind of rental, uh, rental property sector in Ireland is in chronic crisis with hugely inflated uh, rents um, because of the demand, not enough um, affordable housing. And, you know, we were very lucky. We were able to capitalise on our our network of old friends and family members and, you know, landed into, you know, free accommodation for the first several months we were back. And, you know, ultimately we have ended up in, in a beautiful house um, near the Wicklow Mountains um, in Green Anne outside Rathdrum in County Wicklow and it's a lovely old cottage that could be anything from three to four hundred years old that has been you know modernised to an extent but still has you know beautiful sort of rustic qualities thick thick stone walls and lots of natural light Uh, on all sides of the house and where I record this I'm looking out at our garden and a nice hedge that borders the garden and a little laneway beside the hedge and a stone wall on the other side of the laneway and then you know just these great trees uh, in the background there's a lovely youngish birch tree and when I say young it's not a sapling it's probably 30 to 40 feet tall but, you know, slender branches, lovely, delicate green leaves on it. And also some nice conifer trees around. They might be those Leylandi. Leylandi? I don't know. Some breed of conifer tree that um, it, some people think it's a bit of a blight. Uh, but at the moment, I'm enjoying looking at it. And it's also raining today. So I've got this kind of whitey grey sky. Um, behind all these trees and the rain is coming down it's it's eased off now it was absolutely cascading um, about 15 minutes ago and I think it's one of the great pleasures in life to be safely sheltered and you know warm and dry when rain is coming down and you can hear it hit the glass of the windows or hit the roof or you can see it bouncing off the, the ground outside and I was just kind of enjoying those moments before pressing record on the podcast today. Um, yeah, so there you go. Lucky me, lucky us. And I hope you're not being subjected to uh, 
you know, some unfortunate um, contrast envy if you're surrounded by concrete or you're longing to get to the countryside. Uh, perhaps you can enjoy it a little bit vicariously um, by listening to some of my accounts. And hopefully you have a chance to access nature's, you know, abundant pleasures sooner rather than later. And it will be sooner. Um, it's already happening for a lot of people. You know, the restrictions here in Ireland, the pandemic restrictions have, have lifted. So there's effectively free movement um, around the country now. Not all businesses are have reopened, but uh, certainly now mid-May, start of the, the summer season in Ireland, yeah, people can pretty much go where they want. And I'm sure there's a lot of people making their way to uh, a lot of the beauty spots around the country and why why wouldn't they so yesterday i went for a swim and that is very much part of my my regular my regular routine i am very much a creature of habit drives my wife mad at times but i'm like i know it works for me and exercise um as it is for so many others it's a huge part of my mental health regimen um exercise is the great sort of stabilizer in my life and you know it, it's it's what i've always kind of gone back to it's what i've always maintained in my life to sort of help you know to contribute to my my sense of wellness and my sense of um purpose um, I'll elaborate on that uh, another time, perhaps. But I do, I do kind of equate the continued commitment to physical health um, through exercise. Um, you know, I, I equate that to a certain attitude of resilience and you know psychological toughness to keep making yourself go back out and do it again and again and again. Um, and probably that's also connected to my long relationship with uh, martial arts and specifically the practice of Shotokan karate, where, yeah, it's an endless pursuit of perfection that, you know, you'll never, um, you'll, you'll never, you'll never reach that ultimate objective. <laughs> that's not defeatist. I mean, that, that for me, that's the open ended challenge is it's what's maddening and simultaneously gratifying about it and to an extent swimming swimming in the sea um, and sometimes in the river uh, you know it, it, it falls into the same category of wellness through perseverance wellness through ongoing endurance and my swimming history is funny because i was i was scared of water as a kid i really was very fearful and wary of the water um, of open water i couldn't swim and there was a little spot down the road from the house where i grew up um it was a sort of a naturally occurring weir where the river slowed down and kind of pooled and it was a popular swimming spot you know with the you know the locals the kids from the area um, of course for me that presented a double you know element of danger not only could the water drown me but the water 
could be assisted in that regard by a willing village member who would take great pleasure in holding me under the water until the life bubbled out of me <laughs> and I'd be a skinny pasty white corpse <laughs> so yeah I was kind of terrified you know this was a double fear of water and of bullies um, but here I am many 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 years later and I am uh, a relatively seasoned sea swimmer uh, a habit I really started quite seriously uh, about 20 years ago I, I moved back from my acting training from Ireland back to uh, sorry from England from Exeter in England back to Wicklow in Ireland both uh, coastal cities incidentally um, well Exeter you know it's 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 kind of sitting on an estuary uh, the river X that leads down to the sea so not quite the same but in any case when I moved back to Wicklow I found myself living in Wicklow town right on the coast and I gradually just made it a habit to get into the, the sea I'd take take my little football out for a kick practice my my skills keeping up the ball left foot right foot and uh, then I jump into the sea afterwards and over time um, I just started getting into the sea more um, and then really it just got you know massively consolidated by my 10 years in Melbourne where I was able to swim all year round in the waters of Port Phillip Bay which from a yeah from a kind of a size point of view depth and capacity and temperature point of view it's a, it's a body of water that's not dissimilar to uh, both the Irish Sea and the British Channel and so um, in Melbourne it's a, it's a very popular body of water for swimmers to prepare to swim the English Channel so a lot of Australian swimmers from you know other parts of the east coast of Australia would come down to Melbourne to prepare for their channel swim um, in Port Phillip Bay. Now, I'm not for a millisecond leading to any suggestion that I'm like a channel swimmer. I don't have that kind of bucket list obsession to do a, a marathon swim. And I'm, I don't really have the, uh, the, the body fat to, uh, to sustain me beyond uh, a fraction of that distance. But I built a reasonable level of endurance through swimming in Melbourne all year round. And th through 10 winters where the water gets down to about 8 degrees Celsius, which is, it's pretty bloody cold. Um, and swimming in, yeah, just the, the standard swimmer's uniform of a pair of Speedos. And for me, two regular swimming caps and goggles. And that's it. So for me, I enjoyed the challenge of not using the wetsuit um, because, yeah, part of the part of the victory over the experience is to push through the cold to build up that tolerance, that endurance. Uh, I, I believe it's really good for the system. I know I certainly feel the benefits massively great for my mental health. And the sort of upshot of this is that I managed to swim through my first ever Irish winter here this year uh, and I was really chuffed with that because it does get a bit colder here um, down to six six and a half degrees and possibly colder with kind of wind chill and you know factors like that but um, previously before moving to Australia 
I used to, you know, my swimming season was kind of very late May, early June until, uh, you know, until December, uh, Christmas Day was typically my last swim of the year. And those swims would become less and less frequent through November and December as the water got colder. Um, and so, you know, December 25th, Christmas morning swim, you know, which was really not very much at all, you know, 50 strokes out and 50 strokes back and fighting with hypothermia and hyperventilation all the way. But that was not the case. The, um, the, the days and the, uh, the, the accumulative hours and, you know, kilometers of swimming I put in, in my time in Melbourne really, uh, yeah, stood me, stood me well this year in Ireland. And I managed to swim through the winter without really any issues. Now I wasn't swimming regularly twice, no more than three times a week through midwinter. Um, I had to take one or two weeks off because of really bad weather, you know, snow, especially not being able to drive to the sea. Um, but that's passed. And now the, the temperature has crept back up to a, a balmy 10 degrees. And, you know, you can tell when you're in the water, you go, yeah, this is actually fine. I'm going to get out. I'll be a little bit cold, but give me five or 10 minutes and I'll be absolutely grand. There's no shivers. There's no shakes. It's a comfortable swim. And yesterday is a case in point. I went down to what has become my chosen swimming beach, a beautiful little spot called Enna Riley, which is just north of Arklow town. So probably about two or three miles, four kilometers north of Arklow town on the, the coast road. Um, and it's a nice little beach, pretty quiet. Uh, it's a stony beach, uh, very popular with walkers and dog walkers. And yeah, I, I've, I've seen some regular kind of sea swimmers or dippers. Um, you know, people who just get in for a splash and get back out. Uh, I've seen them there over the past seven months or so since I've been going there regularly. The conditions were nice yesterday. Um, tiny, tiny bit of chop on the water, but nothing serious. Um, and I had a nice swim probably um seven or eight hundred meters i don't know i was in for about 17 or 18 minutes it was yeah it was lovely anyway a nice thing happened as i was kind of stripping off and getting into my gear to get in a car pulled up beside me a man got out with his dog we exchanged greetings no problem when i got out for my swim and walked back to the car the man had finished his car he was sitting in it and his window the you know the passenger side window went down and he called over to me and he said um i've got hot coffee here in the car if you want some um and his dog a beautiful little sort of short-haired uh collie little black and white guy with lovely sort of dark eyes he was just kind of peeping out at me you know resting his snout on the the edge of the edge of the door where the window had just gone down and i just thought wow how how lovely was that what a decent offer and it was raining it was you know a little bit dark it wasn't the nicest day yesterday but i just thought how bloody sound to (laughs) to offer me a coffee now i was grand and i i politely uh, refused um but you know we had a little exchange he was he was pretty scathing about the weather um but uh, you know this this period of wet weather was always coming. We had a really dry 
April with lots of beautiful sunny weather. Um, so, you know, it was always going to come back and bite us in the ass. And sure enough, yeah, that's what it's been doing for the last little spell here. It was only afterwards that I was thinking, um, you know, maybe that guy was some sort of, you know, serial killer. And, you know, the way you have the apocryphal tales of, you know, evil men offering sweets to children outside schools to get in a car. I thought, holy hell, maybe uh, he offers people coffee to get into his lovely car and maybe the dog wasn't a real dog at all maybe it was just a hologram or a puppet so you know when he rolled up his window seemingly you know grand with my refusal of the coffee maybe he was secretly raging maybe he was cursing you know the uh, the one that got away um, Just it just occurred to me afterwards you know Maybe, maybe, maybe he was just a nice man. You know, that, that is also possible. Um, yeah, so there you go, swimming. Swimming is an example of a healthy habit. I mean, there, there's no other way of putting it. For me, it's, it's liquid zen to immerse oneself in the water, um, whether that is uh, the sea or a river. To a lesser extent, you know, the, the, the man-made swimming environments of you know swimming pools um lidos um but to be in open water to be in natural water it's a really yeah it's a it's a special experience i think and you know i rarely get in and just take it for granted well you can't you can't like from a safety point of view you can't take it for granted you've always got to have your wits about you um and especially for me because I invariably swim alone. Now, I did have a couple of good swimming pals in Australia, particularly my first few years there, and I did a lot of swimming with other people, but I've always been attracted to solo sport. Um, I was a runner. That was my first sport way back when, from primary school through secondary. Um, Running was what I liked to do, and swimming has effectively taken over that spot in my life and i but i continue to like to do it alone and i don't think the experience is enhanced by having company now occasionally i have the company of seals a seal might come up and pop its head up in the vicinity that you can get a nice fright from that um after all it's much more their natural environment than mine and animals are unpredictable Uh, well maybe you're a seal expert and you'll go no they're not unpredictable they're very predictable um but that's how it feels to me and i you know, i'm not one of these uh, daft hippies who wants to you know get up all close and personal with the seals or you know chase dolphins or whatever i'm like listen i'll swim here you swim there it's all good i won't interfere with you please don't interfere with me um that's probably a very conservative attitude but there you go that's you know that's where i'm coming from but yeah, I do. I love to swim alone. I love to swim alone. I also like, um, you know, walking alone. If I, you know, I, I love going up into the mountains by myself for a hike. The solitary exercise thing, it's, for me, very meditative. That sort of time alone 
doing something that's physically stimulating, rewarding, um, outdoors, in nature. I mean, these are all very positive elements and conducive to reflection, um, conducive to healthy sort of rumination. Um, and always um, lead you to a better place on the other side. Um, now with swimming, that's, that's particularly, that's particularly, has been particularly apparent to me over the years. Because often you head down to the sea, particularly in the colder, you know, periods of the year. And, you know, it can be daunting. Not only the cold, but sometimes the conditions are pretty confronting. And you have to make those sensible decisions and go, nah, not today. I'm not going to be able to cope with that. Or to have a sense of, yeah, that's a challenge I can handle. Um, I know how to uh, get out of this quickly if I have to. And, you know, you steal yourself for the, um, yeah, for the challenge. And for me, that's part of the, the psychological, you know, battle. Like overcoming the fear, overcoming the knowledge that you're going to be in an uncomfortable spot. But when you get out on the other side of it, you know, you never feel worse than when you got in. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I keep going back for more. And it's been, you know, it's been a bit of a been a bit of a touchy area in my relationship at times. Sometimes my wife is like, what, you know, are you going out for a swim again? Um, but I try to I've tried to kind of modify it. I used to go on, you know, daily in Melbourne and I've kind of because I don't live as close to the sea anymore here in Ireland, I can't really justify heading out every day in the car. There are other priorities that need to be attended to, um, such as seeking gainful employment. <laughs> oh dear, the stress. A year, a year of pandemic, a year of uncertainty and instability. And yet there's a lot of me, a big part of me just feels really calm and focused and relaxed and well and resourceful <laughs> but i haven't really managed to put it to good use yet i mean the launching this podcast is part of that it's part of continuing my little kind of creative journey and keeping faith with my conviction um that i know what turns me on i know what makes me feel fulfilled and part of that is being productive in a creative sense and putting something out into the world whether it's the things I've been writing about on my blog theclearout.com for the last eight and a half years um, or you know my other things I write you know I've been writing short stories for several years now as well poetry for many many years um, not all of which you know a lot of which I don't put out there the time will come I hope but part of this is informed by my background in education and teaching and martial arts instruction and um, you know being in those roles of mentor of guide of one who shares information one who starts conversations one who asks questions without necessarily knowing the answers um, you know this is part of all of that and that's the space I like to live in. It's a space of inquiry. It's a space of reflection, a space of 
uh, the, the phrase I used in the last episode of the podcast, uh, a space of self-interrogation, um, which is part of a, a larger quest for self-understanding. And through understanding yourself, you've got a, you have a greater chance of understanding others, which can lead to a more harmonious life because you learn to have empathy for others um, through knowing yourself better. Uh, you know, in in the world of martial arts, that's the, I mean, it, it sounds, you know, it's a bit of a cliche. It sounds a bit trite, but the the first enemy you have to conquer always is yourself. And for me, when I think of almost thirty years of karate practice, you know, that's that's a self defense a self defense system. It's a it's a fighting system, and for me, it's, it's the learning and practicing of that system is the weapon I use to fight myself. Um, now I don't mean I'm out in the garden, you know, throwing punches at myself, dodging them, blocking them, um, controlling them, taking them down to the ground. Um, it's more the practice of the system is a calming and focusing element in my life that helps me keep my energy in a better place and it helps keep me grounded and this kind of contact with the earth that kind of idea of being grounded of feeling that you're stable that you're solid these are desirable things to me that's me you know, my personality you know leans that way um i mean you know for some people that might be conflated with um you know a lack of spontaneity maybe or something staid or you know conservative perhaps i don't know i mean i'm not i'm not trying to project that onto myself i'm just trying to see it from someone else's perspective but to me, uh, you know, that that's a very important thing to have in my life, that sense of being kind of connected to something solid. And, you know, the, the swimming, you know, is this other sort of elemental activity to put myself into water and be surrounded by that element and to lose myself in it um, and to kind of give myself over to it, even though obviously, you know, when you swim, you're active you're not passive you're propelling yourself through the water i mean that's obviously part of the physical benefit you know the how you're using your body but you know to an extent particularly in open water you are making a pact with the sea you're saying i'm, I'm going to get in and i trust that i'm going to get out at the other end of this um i trust that i'll be able to deal with what you throw at me um you know, the other part of that pact is, you know, as long as the sea is there, I'm going to get in it. And the sea is like, I'm not going anywhere, so I expect you to be here. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great relationship. Um, neither of us kind of shift from our position. You know, the sea doesn't change its nature to suit me. And I don't change what I, who I am to suit it. Um, yeah. So, there you go. The sea and swimming and karate. All good things.
I view the, you know, I view these routines of exercise, you know, the karate, the tai chi, the conditioning, the swimming. I view them as healthful. That's health with a th. Healthful indulgences. You know, indulgence perhaps has a negative connotation, but they are ultimately priorities that I choose to put in place above other things. And, you know, as I mentioned er you know, mentioned earlier, that has led to tension at times in my in my marriage, uh, where I think my wife has perceived that prioritization um as being overly selfish perhaps and yeah it, you know we, we've had to look at that and I've had to sort of be open to that perception of it but <laughs> I follow that with a but which means I reject it <laughs> now I don't have a problem with it I don't have a problem with being challenged I don't have a problem with looking at things and especially when it can impact uh, people I care about but I do see it as for me personally I see it as absolutely necessary it's necessary for my my mental health for the for, you know, for my positive mental health and I view it as a sort of a responsibility to myself and I view it as a, as proof to myself that I haven't abdicated that responsibility that I am prioritizing self-care as opposed to self-indulgence so when I put myself through these routines and challenge myself physically and psychologically at times that's my way of saying to myself that I haven't given up that I'm still willing to push myself that I'm still willing to get out of bed at you know, whatever hour of the day, uh, early in the morning, and put myself out in the in, well in winter to stand out in the in the dark and in the cold, and sometimes in the wet, and do those things that you know force my body to wake up, that force my mind to focus on the physical requirements uh, of of what it's been asked to do. And then also at some point in the same day, sometimes to take myself down to the the seashore and strip down to, yeah, the the bare minimum and put myself into cold and sometimes hostile water. Uh, I often bring to mind the famous sequence from David Lean's Lawrence of Arabia early in the movie when uh, Peter O'Toole as Lawrence is still at the I can't remember if it's in England if he's still in England or he's you know he's at he's at his kind of army base anyway and he's working in the cartographer cartographer's kind of department and he's messing with a match a lit match and he holds up the match to his skin and um you know, sorry, he holds up the match in his in his fingers and lets the match burn down into his fingers until it's extinguished. And the, the soldier who's there with him tries the same trick. 
but as soon as the the match burns into his skin he drops it and exclaims in pain and says that hurts and Peter O'Toole turns to him and says of course it hurts um, but the trick is to not mind that it hurts now if you're familiar with the the movie I, I don't know about the uh, you know actual history of the man but you know in the movie it's clear that you know Lawrence there's a lot of vain glory in his personality um which is you know explored you know very sort of lushly and with great sort of uh, attention to detail and in a very you know with great dramatic um, and cinematic flair by david lean um and now that's not the part i want to take from this because with lawrence as with a lot of people nowadays on social media and instagram and i'm not talking about you dry rovers um you know there's that performative aspect look at me look what i did you know am i not amazing look at me in my shiny <laughs> yeah my shiny dry robe or whatever um that's not the message i want to draw from that story but the the, the truth in what um, Lawrence was saying, the truth in what you know, Peter O'Toole was saying in that role of not minding that it hurts. That to me is the thing. That to me is, you know, it, it, there's something so integrally true about that. Um, and I see it as a key component of resilience. I see it as a key component of, let's call it, get back up ability <laughs> get back up ability um which is very relevant in the world of martial arts as well of course because you know most traditional martial arts involve combat they involve fighting and you will be knocked down you will be hit um usually you know you know most most martial arts you know most what let's call them responsible martial arts clubs dojos training halls um they are controlled environments. They are controlled environments. It's not just, you know, get stuck in and kill each other. Um, but as you, you know, move through your career as a martial artist, you know, you come up against, you know, more challenging opponents. And that's part of the learning experience and part of facing the fear um, of, our, uh, you know, of putting yourself in the, in the mix, putting yourself out there on the floor knowing I could get hurt that is a huge part of the, the, the psychological um, the psychological um, development and you know, the, the development of psychological toughness um, and it's you know it's not it's not about being macho um, or hyper aggressive or hyper alpha I would not recommend that as a as a valuable um, pursuit um I, I, I would consider that a road of limited rewards um, and in fact I'd kind of go the other way and I mean that's something I will elaborate on in the future but that toughness and that you know psychological kind of grit to go yeah I'm going to get back up I've just been you know I've just had my leg swept and you know been put to the ground or I've just been punched and dropped um but I'm going to front up and that applies to 
you know getting in the water as well it's freezing i'm freezing it's a forbidding day but i'm gonna go down there and i'm gonna get in and that's you know kind of my motto i don't go down to the sea not to get in um except on those rare occasions when the conditions are so bad that it would be absolutely foolhardy to 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 get in um but apart from the toughness i mean not everything has to be tough but you know i think for many people the repetitive nature of exercise can be challenging and i think there is a sort of a toughness and you know to use the phrase i just used a second ago this idea of having a bit of grit um, to kind of go back into you know whatever your form of exercise is you know walking running going to the gym um, te- team sports you know I, I think i think team sports don't present quite the same challenge but there's something about the solo endeavor um, where you're not you know you've only got yourself to motivate um, and you know it's only you motivating yourself that can bring its own challenges I mean, I used to play a regular game of, um, you know, AstroTurf football, five-a-side football, um, soccer. And there was nothing challenging about it um, psychologically. Like, it was great fun. It was social. Uh, it was quite a good standard of football. And I used to just kind of, you know, relish going down to that game, you know, once a week um, in all weathers. Um, and I think, the, you know, the social aspect of it takes the pressure off. Because like being with others becomes motivating and you know competing against others is self you know it's kind of a self-generating motivation and that can be true of training um in karate clubs as well because you've got others to sort of you know you can draw on their energy and their enthusiasm um but yeah i mean to, to get back so to get back to the, the solo thing um that you know that is that is challenging to you know to get yourself where you need to get in terms of your energy to get up off the couch to get out the door to to get out the yoga mat to you know to to, to do whatever it is um, and that requires a certain toughness and sometimes the drudgery of the repetition that in itself um it can be disincentivizing but what I've found over the years and what I've sort of advised, um, you know, when I've been in a kind of a teaching capacity um, in, in karate or when, you know, talking about sort of, you know, healthy lifestyle to other people, I always advocate, you know, making your exercise part of your routine um, and making it so it's just it's just automatic. So if I get up in the morning, I don't think I'm so hungry or oh i'd love a coffee straight away i'm just in the habit of going you know i'll just take five ten minutes to wake myself up and then i'm just kind of automatically walking out the door to the garden um or you know before when i was living in melbourne i'd be kind of automatically just carrying myself down to the sea you know in the dark mornings of winter kind of pre-dawn and you know stepping into the water in the dark because it was the routine and that was the time and I had such faith in the benefits of doing the exercise and such faith in how it would kind of set me for the rest of the day that it was a no-brainer and that continues to be how I regard 
exercise, the removal of it from my life would be utterly destructive and it would no doubt precipitate you know dreadful you know depression and anger um on my part that's you know that's, that's where i go when i'm unhappy um you know intense sort of self-recrimination self-loathing depressive states and exercise is one of the key things that keeps me well and keeps me right and keeps me focused and the other thing is exercise is an offset and what it offsets is other areas of my life that I'm dissatisfied with. Um, so if I have, like, you know, this past year has been challenging, the return, you know, the relocation to Ireland after 10 years abroad, sort of trying to pull things together to begin this kind of midlife career of renewed kind of creative output um, and trying to commodify that it's you know it's challenging it's not i don't think it's easy at all um I, I don't think life is easy you know generally speaking um but you know it's been it has been a tough time and i haven't been as productive as i would have liked to have been and i feel that individually and i certainly feel it within the context of my marriage and how it impacts my wife's sense of wellness and her sense of, um, you know, her sense of sort of trust that all will be well. I mean, you know, quite the contrary, when I'm not being productive and not um, making things happen um, from a financial point of view, um, it feeds into her, her anxiety. And, you know, I take that very seriously. It doesn't fill me with pride at all. I mean, I, I you know, it, it, this is... I don't know how your relationship works, but uh, we try to have a pretty 50-50 um, balance of responsibility um, and culpability. <laughs> um, so yeah, so in those times when other areas of your life are maybe less functional, less um, kind of less happening, less dynamic, less fruitful, for me, exercise again is the, you know, it kind of offsets those negative feelings or feelings of, you know, inadequacy or failure or frustration. I can go at the end of the day, well, at least I got my ass out of bed and I did my, you know, my hour of exercise. At least I went for a walk. At least I went for a swim. Um, and, you know, it does. It, you know, it, it, it's positive communication to the body and it's positive communication to the subconscious and of course it's releasing you know the endorphins and the positive chemicals that you know give you that hit um that injection um that injection of um you know of happy juice let's call it that counters the you know the the the, the darker thoughts and you know the kind of corrosive thinking that can be quite debilitating if you're attempting to live a you know a creative life and can be quite debilitating anyway you know it doesn't matter what you're trying to do i mean i think i always feel like that my own struggles are relatable um my <laughs> my default my default assumption is that everybody struggles um and may i don't know if that's 
solipsistic of me that I'm thinking everyone's the same as me you know that's hardly true but I just think it's the human condition and we are living in well I think we're living in very stressful times you know even without um, a year and a bit of the coronavirus you know the world is sort of in this very fractious state and there's a ripple effect it filters down the the instability the uh, the fault lines the sort of you know the bubbling kind of ferment of unwellness um you know it's out there and for me my response is not to fix the world <laughs> that would be that would take a monstrous ego to think that maybe elon musk has that ego maybe i don't know i just think I don't want to fix the world. I, I just want to get out of bed in the morning and, you know, stand up straight and give myself a little challenge and live out my healthful routines and other things will come. I will feel more capable of making other things happen if I do at least that. Okay, so that's it. That's all I've got for you. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you get something from this. I am going to be back soon with episode three of The Clear Out. You mind yourselves now. Um, Stay positive, stay healthy, stay well, and keep it up. Okay, all the best. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye.